you can just write a, a Word document, which most people can do, and upload it to Amazon, and there's your Kindle book. I mean, it is quite simple. This is the Mad Lemmings Podcast, episode number eight. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings Online Marketing Podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host, and I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Summer is certainly kicking in. The sun's shining outside. I'm looking like I'm going to have a great day. And I'm also keeping very busy with work, blogging, and all the rest of it, working on a couple of uh, customer websites. Of course, if you need any help with your website, you can certainly give me a yell. That's what I do for a job. And I've also been looking into some affiliate marketing opportunities and some other ways to get some passive income, perhaps a new video course. I've done some in the past on things like Twitter for beginners and Twitter for small business. I'm not sure if you're aware of those. They're on my Udemy account and uh, you can access those from my sidebar if you're interested. But I haven't had so much success with those courses. So today on the podcast, I wanted to talk to someone who has someone who's had quite a lot of success with video courses, ebooks, and affiliate marketing, Mr. Rob Cubbon from robcubbon.com. We're going to chat to him about his success and how he's gone about doing that and the things he's done, his tips and tricks and ways to make money on uh, affiliate marketing, video courses and ebooks, as I mentioned. And we're going to be digging in deep and finding out how to do that and how you can have success with passive income. So here we go. All right. Hi, Rob. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Ashley. Certainly great to catch you after all these uh, months on the internet. It's lovely to speak to you too, Ashley. And uh, we're having some nice weather here in Switzerland. You guys doing all right in London? It's, it's actually a gorgeous day today. I've been out and spent most of my day in the cafe, so um, it's, it's really good. It looks nice. Bit of a cold wind coming from the north, though. Actually, yeah, I caught that when I walked out the door this morning too. It's part of our joys of working from home. We can we can go out and come back in and and or work late, depending <laughs> depending on how we want to do that. And that's uh, one of the topics we're on today. But before we get to that, uh, we'll just quickly hear a little bit about you. Can you tell everyone quickly what you do, how, how you got there, and and anything else you think's worth noting? Right. Well, I'll try and keep this as briefly as possible. So I'm from um, talking from London, UK, and this is where I'm from. So I was um, very kind of directionless uh, in my early 30s, going from office to office as a freelancer. I was doing uh, graphic design. I was actually only an art worker. I didn't actually do graphic design. I kind of took somebody else's designs and laid them out and uh, was very much um, a Mac uh, Photoshop and uh, illustrator and InDesign and Quark guy. Um, and then in 2005, I started my website, robcubbon.com. 2006, I started blogging properly in, in that I did a blog post every week or so. And that really started things for me. I started to get work from my website in 2006 you didn't have to be a great blogger in order to to get some uh, action on Google, um, I'm pleased to say. So I was very lucky in that respect, and I, I started to get a bit of work which I could do from home. 
And uh, because I had found work to be a very unpleasant experience for most of my life, I didn't, I didn't enjoy work. I wasn't into it at all. I just did it to, to get money, really. Um, I, I was, it was quite life-changing to be able to earn money from home and, and, and quite enjoy it as well because I found that I was asked to do more interesting things and I had to liaise with the clients and I found that very interesting. I had to do the whole job from beginning to end. It was more challenging uh, and I just loved it in every single way. So after two years, I managed to uh, work exclusively from home on, with my own clients um, and gradually kissed the uh, freelance jobs goodbye, which I, you know, as I, I, you probably picked up by now, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really like, so I was quite pleased about that. Um, so that was great. And uh, then um, since then, or, or since the beginning, really, I've been, uh, I think Tim Ferriss has a lot to answer for, actually. Uh, you know, I have been uh, very much focused on the pack- passive income side. Uh, just before, I find it so interesting. I, I, I just lo- love everything about it. Carrying on blogging, of course. Um, going into different platforms like Udemy, as we were talking about, and Amazon Kindle. Um, so in the years since then, I have built my audience, my brand, and the passive side, whilst keeping my clients in the active side as well. Um, so um, that's where I'm at at the moment, Ashley. I, know, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> well, you can certainly talk about whatever you like, and I think it's, it's, all, it's all valuable information. But, I mean, the reason I got you on here today is because you're one of the prominent people to me who, who's doing this now. Of course, many bloggers are selling courses and some of the big guys like Amy Porterfield or uh, Jeff Bullis or whatever, you know, they're all quite famous. They've had a big kickstart due to who they are or they've or they've done a very good job of promoting themselves and, and have a huge backing. And I wouldn't say you don't have a, a big audience. I think you have a quite a reasonably sized audience from what I've seen in some of the blogging tools which evaluate you. You've come up quite highly as well. Um, but I think what you do differently is that you're not one of these superstars, but you've found a way that we can all aspire to to make an income on the side which i think is crucial these days and and accelerate your your free time and give yourself more freedom to actually not have to constantly search for clients i think that's to me one of the really really important things that we can we can get out of this call yeah I, that's really great you say that ashley because um i i was thinking i am a bit of a poor man's pat flynn in that I think I, you're absolutely right. I don't have the audience at all of, of, of any of the people you mentioned. Um, however, I, I enjoy um, a lot of what I've done in the last few years, and I haven't made huge amounts of money, but I've made a livable amount of money similar to what I was earning before. Um, and as you say, I have the freedom to do what I want when I want. So it's it's not earth shattering. Uh it's not it's not sexy. Uh but it, it suits me, you know what I mean? 
Well, I think that's that's one of the reasons I think it's so interesting is because, you know, everyone aspires to be the next Pat Flynn and, and that's great to do that. But it's highly unachievable because we can't all take such a huge audience out of the audience that exists. It's probably never going to happen for most of us. So I think it's better to be in some ways realistic. It's always good to strive for things and that's it's, it's great to have that on the back burner and constantly push your audience and maybe try to meet people and leverage influences or whatever you do that's worth doing. But most of us are never going to get there. So, you know, while we're trying to get there and while we're dreaming about getting there, we need to look at day-to-day life and how to actually earn money. And, you know, you've got the two sides, which is exactly what you do. You've got the side where you have a client and you're getting paid more or less for the hours you work. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the other side, which is creating products and selling them. And that sells while you're not working. Okay, you have to market that. And that's something people don't realize. And I didn't realize when I made a course. But yeah, and if you don't do this passive side of things, which is again, why I want to talk about it, then you're restricted to an hourly or a package wage, which is restricted by the number of days of the month and how many clients you can get. And if that's all you're ever going to earn, you're always going to hit this ceiling. And even that ceiling may not be hit all the time because you won't always get clients. You might have a really slow period. So I think it's absolutely crucial that we push this passive income. And what's what's been your strategy on that from the beginning? Um, I'm not very good with strategies, actually. I I, um, I didn't have a, a passive income strategy at, at all. I just I, I went hell for leather at it, tried lots of things and and didn't always see success, of course, as, as you might imagine. So I, I tried um, affiliate uh, links or um, I just naturally put them in, in my website um, and I tried selling ebooks books through my own website and uh, and now I've tried Udemy and Amazon Kindle. I mean, I've also tried lots of stuff that hasn't worked, like uh, Fiverr. Um, I've got nothing there. So it, my strategy is to fail as much as I can and and, and um, as quickly as I can. Uh, and then if you if you sort of do a splatter gun, you know something's going to hit, and something you'll get a little, you'll see a little bit of traction somewhere. And you'll notice that something wasn't quite as big a failure as you thought it would be, and and then you go for it. That that's not much of a strategy, I'm afraid, but that's the best I I got. No, no, that's that's totally realistic. Again, I mean, many many an entrepreneur will say, I mean, if you don't fail, if you're not trying things, and I'm also doing a an ad course or reading about Facebook ads, and the the guru in this book said the same thing. You know, if you just think and sit on, rest on your laurels, so to speak, and stick with the ads you've got, it's not going to work because things keep changing. You have to keep changing. And I think in our world, that's constant. I mean, you have now some, and we'll go into these in a minute, some really good passive earners that are there, but you're not sitting down doing nothing. I see every time I read your blog, you are trying and planning and trying and planning because you know that you can't sit down and do nothing. Passive income, as I think Pat Flynn once was quoted as saying, is far from passive. And you constantly have to be doing things, right? I mean, you're trying, you're more on the book side of things at the moment, I think, right? 
Yeah, I really like the books, um, and and they're not bringing in as much money as as you'll see from from my income reports as the Udemy courses. But I, I just really like them. And another thing, actually, going back to what you were saying, I, I completely agree with everything you were saying there about having the multiple streams, not only the active streams, but the passive streams as well, and how that can help you financially. But I tell you what, passive helps you build your brand and and your following as well, because nothing really... Um, Okay, you put a blog post out and people read it and that's great and you do Twitter and what have you. But if you do a product that's for sale and people buy it, whether it's a Kindle book or a Udemy course, then that helps your brand as well in, in a, more than a blog post will because people kind of attach a little bit more authority and expertise to someone who has products and information products out. So it helps. It's a double whammy. It, it's um, the passive income helps your brand as, as well as your bank balance. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, I can. I can certainly see how that can happen because if you think, okay, I write a blog post, maybe there's two or three key points in there that people walk away from and maybe implement, and maybe maybe they try them out, and maybe it makes their lives better in whatever way. But if you do a course and somebody goes through half or most of the course. I mean, we can never guarantee they're going to do the whole course and comes out of that a better person. They're probably going to be far more moved by the course than by a couple of blog posts, right? I mean, there's so much information on the web. Yes. And, and this podcast as well, people are going to be listening to this podcast and, uh, and that's going to help your brand because it, it's 40 minutes or however long of audio um, and although it's you're not driving income from it, it is a huge, big sort of authority point against you. I think it's, it's the larger bits of content, um, as opposed to blog posts and tweets and Facebook updates. Uh, I think they they can really move your business along um, in, in in greater ways than, than you first imagined. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope from doing something like this. I mean, I I enjoy talking to people that actually, as I said to Jen, who's going to be on the podcast tomorrow on the blog and we're talking today, but it's all mixed up in terms of time time and so forth. But she's I spoke to her on Sunday and I was saying to her, you know, it's it's actually really selfish because I ring up these people and I quiz them on things that I want to know about. But I try to stand back from it and say, OK, not only do I want to know about this stuff, but I'm assuming that most of what I'm going to ask, I'm asking because most people would want to know the same answers. So it's I get to know you, I get my questions answered, and hopefully those questions answer hundreds of other people's questions at the same time. And then you look really good as a result. So it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's it's another win-win. I mean, you did some you did some last year as well, right? I, I've listened to a couple of yours with some of the top web designers, and uh, did you find yes. some benefits from that as well? Yeah, I did. I, I I stopped it because I found it so hard to set up the interviews um, with web designers because I I concentrated on web design. You see, that's something, that's an example of something I started that didn't really work. Um, I thought I'd better start on web design rather than going down the social media, Mm -hmm. internet marketing route, just because that was a bit more different and a bit more focused and maybe that was a good idea. 
Um, and it turned out it wasn't because uh, I couldn't get the guests. Uh, I couldn't find the number of people who wanted to commit to the interviews. Oh, really? So, okay. I, yeah, I mean, it's just a shame, really. I, there's not so many out there. And the ones that are, not all of them like to, to be, they were quite happy to do a text interview, but they didn't want to be interviewed or, um for a podcast and um yeah so so um that that, that didn't work out but I, as as you say I enjoyed it because I enjoyed talking to them and um it helped me and hopefully it helped a few other people as well yeah and you get exposure too i mean i'm also now meeting people which people i know but in this time i speak to them and before and after the show when we chat I get to know them far better than I've gotten to know them on social media or via a couple of emails. And so by making this time, it's, I found it's been extremely beneficial. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. We'll move, we'll move on with the uh, original conversation. So you've tried all these different ways of doing passive income. And again, that's something I would say we recommend. I mean, I've tried a couple of different things as well and not enough, but I'm going to keep pushing that as time goes on. And you've found, I would say, and from what I've seen on your website, that Udemy is is your biggest winner so far. Correct. Yes, actually, yeah. That's come along in the last year or so, yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, how many courses do you have up there now? Something like between five and seven from what I remember. I think I've got nine. Actually. Nine, okay. <laughs> I'm behind. <laughs> yeah, um, quite, quite a lot. And four are, um, so five are free and four are paid for. And that's something I spoke to you about when I was doing my course and I partially went with and partially went against your advice and I've recently switched back again just this week. But anyway, let's let's discuss that. Your your advice to me last year when I was asking about this was that having a free smaller lead course, something that almost leads to your other courses or at least establishes trust and authority is a really good way of building up an audience for then your paid courses. Yes, um, I, I, I think I've given that advice to a few people, so it doesn't surprise me. I said that to you because that, that's how I found um, traction on Udemy initially. Just putting out a free course on Udemy, it doesn't it only has to be uh, thirty minutes long, I think, video wise, um, and then you'll get people going on that because people people love free. Um, you can also sell it to your list, of course. Uh, not sell it, but because you can't sell free, but you know what I mean. Push it, yeah. uh, you push it. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, that fill up with people, and um, all these people will hopefully, uh, or some of them will listen to your videos, and hopefully they'll like you. Hopefully they'll get a lot of benefit from the course material you have. And that will fill up. I mean, after a few months, you know, there might be two two thousand people, something like that. I, I, you know, obviously it depends on the subject of, of your course and the competition and everything else. But um, there'll be hundreds anyway. Yeah. Um, and you can market to those people. You you can via the Udemy announcement system. You can send them an email, basically. You don't have their email address, but you send them an announcement. And that announcement can say, I've got a new new paid-for course that you might be interested in. And if you're interested in it, um, here's a discount. Uh, You can have 60% off uh, if you take this course now. And a lot of those people will be interested in that sort of deal. 
So have you found a lot of the traffic for the paid courses comes from that? Yes, a lot of it has been comes from the free courses as well as other avenues. Yeah, because I, I made, I mean, I didn't make, I tried that in the beginning and yeah, my problem was that I almost did a simultaneous launch of the free and the not free. And if anyone's listening and thinking of doing this, um, if you can in some way find a way to do a, a beginner's course or a lead-in course or something similar to your main course and pre-launch it at least by maybe a month or something and build up an audience and some authority. And even if you can go longer, it would be better having a few months, I think, in advance. But I've seen that now. Yeah, my, my free course, I think, has um, six or 700 users because I put it to paid after a while just to see if I could get some money out of it because it was so popular. But I think that was a mistake. Um, yeah, because I was getting, I think the minimum price you can set is nine. I wanted to put it down to five or something, but they don't let you. And so I wanted to get a, just a few bucks out of each person, but actually it's pointless because the difference between free and a dollar is actually <clears throat> phenomenal. Yes, it is. It's true. I mean, I, I heard a study on, uh, I think it was a book I was reading, or I can't remember where I heard it, and they were saying, you know, there's a difference between they had a chocolate, something like a Hershey's Kiss and a Lint chocolate and they priced the price difference between them was something like 14 cents. So one was six cents and one was 20 cents. And then they moved the price so that the kiss was then free and the lint was then 14 cents. So the price difference stayed the same, but one became free where before it was just cheap. Yeah. And so whereas before everyone was buying the lint because price for quality, it was just, just way ahead. All of a sudden when the, Hershey's Kiss became free. People stopped buying the lint. It switched. It went from like 70, 30 to 30, 70. Yeah. And that's the power of free. And this is yeah. one of these psychological tests people do. So you have to also be really careful with that, I find. Not giving away too, too much for free. Not making yourself, and not just creating an absolute rubbish course either because I'm getting a lot of really good reviews. I've got 17 or 18 reviews on my free course and everyone's really happy. Whereas if you've got, 17 or 18 three-star reviews where everyone's not particularly happy, you're never going to sell anything. So I think you have to be really careful as well. Yeah. I mean, also, Ashley, you know, I wouldn't worry about ha having it, um, both courses re released um, simultaneously because, you know, a few months down the line, you can, you'll get a few more hundred in your free course and you can just sell to them. Because yeah. they don't, they don't know what's happened in the past. They don't oh, know sure, sure. Uh, that that the free course was out at the same time as, as the the paid course. You know, they could only just be hearing about the paid course now, and they'd be grateful to hear about it. Yeah. So um, I think more importantly is just to get the free course out there, because that will just get your name out there. And uh, um, same with 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 a lot of things. It's it's great to get as you say, quality free material out there. Um, it's just a good thing to do anyway. Um, and, and you can think later about how you're going to monetize the authority and, and the following you, you have then achieved. Um, and, and, but it will benefit you. Um, you may not know how, but the fact that you're putting free content that's good out there in front of people who are consuming it that's that's going to be good full stop you know it, you you will find a way of, of of working out why that's good 
in the future. Yeah, that's what I'm learning as I as I move through my journey in blogging and online business is that you know this past mentality of not giving anything away and mm. it's gone. And I mean, you have to be careful. You know, obviously, you can't give everything away forever. You have to establish some services or something whereby you make money and also some other courses, as we say. So you've got services and passive income. But yeah, I mean, I saw one just the other day, another uh, blog I came across through another blogger I was reading, he suggested it. And I saw this guy's been around, I don't know, since the beginning of the internet and the beginning of blogging. And he has a huge following and he has a 30-day course, okay, very small units, so 30 units, 30 videos or something. And it's also on Udemy, I saw, and he has it on his blog as well for improving blogs. And, you know, that's 30 videos he's made and he's not making any money from it, but he's an extremely well-established and authoritative blogger. So, yeah, what's better to be really, really well-known, which then you can leverage in other ways, or to keep everything to yourself and make people pay and then nobody likes you. So, (laughs) yeah, it's a catch-22, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I would go, I would say it's best to just give it away. I, I, you know, I mean, as long as you're not starving, <laughs> obviously we all need money. You've got, you've got to earn money. Um, but if you are, uh, if you are comfortable where you are, um, and, and the only way you can do it is, is by giving it away for free, um, then, then I'd give it away for free. I mean, obviously that's not, you know, it's not your life's work, but um, what you can give, I mean, you can take a free course off Udemy and you can take free content away and then start charging it for it in the future. Um, so um, in order to get yourself established and, and, and heard beneath all, all, all the other people out there, um, I th- you know, putting out great stuff for free really goes a long way i it, it, i i really think so yeah and as i've seen from what you're doing i mean you're doing quite well in terms of a passive income and you've got more than half of your courses or i think two-thirds of them are, are free so i think it definitely i mean they don't have to be huge courses obviously your bigger ones are your paid courses and they require more of your time to develop and record and and so forth but your smaller courses are reasonable units that people can consume and learn from and then they appreciate it and then follow you in whatever way that is so what other ways have you been using to to market your course i mean you've also put some of the pieces on youtube i've seen you do that before yeah i was just about to talk about youtube there because the the most important the other the other thing um to say about my free courses is most of them are are on YouTube, but they're actually all on YouTube and they all should be on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, because when I discovered Udemy, I'd been on YouTube for three years or something like that. And so I had a lot of stuff on there, um, which I could fish out on my hard drive somewhere and repackage into a Udemy course. So actually creating the course didn't take me any time at all. Um, it, it's all. I would. I would advise anyone who wants to be some sort of online instructor to to go pretty heavily into YouTube first because it teaches you so much about what works and what doesn't work, and it'll improve your skills uh, in in video as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm big on YouTube, totally, um, and it helps to sell the courses. Um, I've also seen you've you've promoted some of your videos as 
like on Triber, I mean, we both use Triber. Maybe not everyone knows that it's like a blogging community where everyone helps each other by tweeting or pinning or, or whatever. There's multiple channels that are used and everyone helps each other out in groups called Tribes. And you sometimes post a piece of your content there as your post for the week as something to share. Is that another strategy you've been using? Yeah, where where did you say I, that? I think it was on Triber, right? You're, not, you're on Triber as well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That that would be um, that would be an automatically um, uh-huh. okay. a, a YouTube video that would have automatically come out in 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 Triber there. Okay, so you've you've put your YouTube channel direct into Triber, or how do you do that? Yeah, that's um, that that it was one of Eileen Smith's uh, tribes is meant to be for YouTube. And I think a lot of people have joined it and they put just their normal RSS feed. Mm-hmm. But you can just get your YouTube RSS feed and uh-huh. put it into Triber uh, and put it into I, – I did it with that tribe specifically because it was it is her video tribe. Um, and, and I didn't know you could do that until Eileen um, pointed that out. <laughs> yeah, she she has she has some amazing amazing. She, she is amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was actually my my first guest on the on the podcast because she's the podcast queen. I thought, oh, she won't refuse me an interview, and uh, <laughs> and she was like, yes, I'm there. I'm your first person. Awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I think if I was starting a podcast tomorrow, I'd probably ask Eileen uh, to be my first guest as well. Although I don't know how she finds the time because she's got a job. Yes, um, yes, she does. She doesn't really want to give it up. She actually. When did we do it? I think we also did it Sunday afternoon. Um, a lot of the states people I grab, it's quite difficult if they're not working from home like us, then I have to grab them, yeah, on weekends or later. It's actually, it can be really difficult. So, yeah, like with Jen, she was in uh, uh, San Diego. That was a really huge time difference. And uh, yeah. we, we managed yesterday. She'd just not long gotten up and I was about to have dinner. So, you know, it's that kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's that kind of problem. Um, okay, so that's more or less Udemy. So you've got your free courses, you've got your paid courses, you've got promoting internally to the groups that have used your course before you have access to those. And then you've got your YouTube channel, which has got all your free content on there, either before or after the course. And I haven't done that because I'm so rarely on YouTube. I really need to, to get on there and, and promote my course more. And uh, when you when you put the videos on there, do you put specific links to the course then um, in the description? And is that how you promote it? Yes, and and I I can make them YouTube specific discounts as well, so I know they're coming from YouTube. Yeah, because you have all the coupon, all the coupon, you can put all the different coupon codes in Udemy and track where people are coming from, right? Yeah, yeah, and another thing, uh, two more things I can think of for you to me as well. One, of course, the email list, you can get lots of sales from that, of course. And Kindle is very good as well. So I've got a Kindle book that's out on the same subject as one of my courses. So there's a coupon in the back of that Kindle book that does quite well because if somebody's going to read a Kindle book and quite liked it, then they'd, they'd quite be interested in a, in a four-hour-long course on the same subject, going in more detail. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. So That's kind of like, a, again, a primer, and then they go, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued or I've learned a, a, a bit, but now let me go in-depth in, in long videos. Okay, that's a cool idea as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So then after doing all these these courses, and actually that's one last thing I have on all of my topics, the ideas for all of these courses, do you just – 
have them from your daily work, things you see people need to learn and that you could teach? Is that how you come up with it or do you, you have a – yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that was a question I, I was going to flounder with, actually, Ashley, um, when, you, when you sent that to me because, it, as you say, the, the course um, material that I've come up with is kind of the same stuff that I've been coming up with in YouTube and my blog uh, through working from clients. So it's building pretty obvious stuff, really. It's building websites, marketing websites, running a web design business, um, and also Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign, three sort of uh, pa- design packages that I'm familiar with. And um, it's been fairly obvious what, what I do with them because of the YouTube stuff and the blogging stuff that I've done. So there's no great... Um, a strategy I do for course creation or course topic creation. However, there is that thing that we were talking about earlier of getting someone to do something. Um, sounds wrong, but what I mean is um, the course should enable the student to be able to create something by the end of it. So this is how you build a house or this is how you build a, a website this is how you master a software so you can get a job doing it. Um, or this, and another thing is this is how you build a website that you can sell to a client for more than $3,000 or something like that. So it, there, there is a, a finite, definite achievement at the end of the course. Um, so that's a, that's a really good rule for course cre- topic creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were discussing that before we started recording that, yeah, the difference between the course I did without thinking too much about it and what I would do again, yeah, is is looking at clear goals for a course and, and looking for what would be a motivation for a student to do a course and therefore hand over money to you given that there is tons of free content on Udemy. Why would they pay you? Well, because at the end of it, you are going to be able to X, Y, Z. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a really good idea. And, no, I mean, what you're saying is to you it's obvious what you've done, but, I mean, basically looking at it from an outsider, you've taken portions of what you're doing for customers or even other teaching other bloggers and, and people online and you've packaged those into, again, things you can achieve and want to learn as a skill, like you've got one on uh, how to set up Aweber or MailChimp in order to create an email opt-in list and you've got one and that I think I was doing recently about yeah how you deal with clients and how you handle questions and how you find clients for your web design business you know these are things which tons of questions that I have in starting my design business I'm not used to handling that side of things because I've always had a company above me and and yeah you've just taken these things and said okay I know these things you don't you want to know them in order to do x so here you go here's the here's the course yeah yeah, absolutely. It's something that I've stuff with clients. I, I I tend to write about it quite a lot, and and how to run a web design business as well. That there's stuff that people they they kind like. I get a lot of emails about it. That's another thing, you know. If, if you get a lot of emails about it, um, I, I tend to write and create content around you know questions that I get asked. So um, it's the the old story of your your audience will tell you what product to create. I think that's something that Pat Flynn says or some some people say. 
Yeah, it's very yeah, true. Yeah. Sure, because, I mean, if someone's bold enough, because I, I mean, I don't get too many emails, and when you do, it's someone who's really either got a really big issue and really needs to ask and is bold enough to ask because most of them are too shy to ask. And, I mean, they think, I don't know, we're unapproachable or something, but actually I'm quite happy to answer any email that comes into my inbox. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, someone who writes to you has obviously got an issue, and, and if five people write it to you, then it's it's obviously a big issue with your audience. And so think about how to solve that problem in, in a in a more complete complete way, and a course is a, is a great way to do that. Exactly, exactly. So you've you've taken this course idea and then you've basically piggybacked that onto uh, the Kindle ebook. So how does one go about doing that? I mean, I'm seeing it's really popular. And as I said, I was talking to Jen on Sunday. She has a how to use Instagram for beginners book. Um, so I mean, you can write these things. You have to put them in specific formats, all that kind of stuff. How do you how do you go about doing that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um... Kindle's great. I, I, I love Kindle. Um, it's actually um, it's actually ten times easier than than you're going to think. It is. <laughs> That's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I basically I've done a video on it recently. Actually, um, and it's so easy. You, you just have to. It, there are issues with formatting. I'm not saying it, it's actually okay. It's not perfect. But you can just write a, a Word document, which most people can do, and upload it to Amazon, and there's your Kindle book. I mean, it is quite simple. However, don't let me make make it out to be the um, the paradise that that it definitely isn't. I mean, Word doc, you know, Microsoft Word isn't the the most simply constructed piece of software, and it chucks out hideous HTML that you that would make a grown man cry. So um, you're using another tool to do this then? Uh, yes and no. I mean, if you're just got parag- if, if your Kindle has just got paragraphs and headings, then Microsoft Word will do the job. Yeah, won't be perfect, but what do you, if you're reading a Kindle, you you don't actually read a Kindle to see great typography at work um, or great images. You read a Kindle for the words. Exactly. So, so, you know, Microsoft Word, I mean, I could go on for hours about Kindle, but you could just do Microsoft Word. And it's, again, it's, it's more important that you get the subject of the Kindle right and, the, and know your audience and know there's a de- demand for it and the marketing. That, you know, it, that, that's much more important than the formatting. And yeah. I'm a designer, so. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. You know, I, I should be much more into the formatting, but um, and I I am struggling with it now because I want I want to be able to get to, to do the perfect Kindle. However, um, with a, as with product creation in general, it, you getting it perfect is 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 not is not the most important thing. The most important thing is to get it out there, and and so you can just write a, a word document and and give it a title. And put it up there, see if it sells, because um, because it is the most amazing thing in the world. It's self-publishing, you know. Ten years ago, you couldn't do this. It's, mm. it's, it's so cool, you know. So, how do you convert these things into this special Kindle? What's you Kindle? don't you don't even have to do that. You can upload a doc, all oh, right, okay. and they'll convert it for you. I I am going. I am doing it via in uh, InDesign with a. And a, a free plugin, mm-hmm. 
And, and you can also do it with Scrivener, which is, I think that's just Mac only. Um, but um, uh, for normal, for you know, I think if people just want to write um, text, then, then they should start off with just a Word document. I mean, obviously there will be people who disagree with me and, and I would, um, uh, you know, I'd respect that because I'm, I'm not talking about doing things in, in the tip-top correct way. Um, however, I've done it and uh, there's nothing wrong with, with the Kindle books that come out at the other end. And, and the kind of price point that, you know, you or I would be targeting is not the... Uh... The fifteen buck, twenty buck books, anyway, right? So, and you would expect a bit more from that. And to be honest, I was going to say before an interject, I read a lot of Kindle books, which are coming from top publishers, and the conversion to Kindle is is often garbage. So, you know, if these guys are getting away with it, why can't we? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I'm, you know, I don't want to be a proponent for putting out garbage there. However, you know, Kindles themselves, they. they the formatting is not good. No, you know, it's just text. It's just text. It's just bold, text. and the pictures don't really work, and it's very difficult to get. It's yeah, you have to look at it either as a like an iPad magazine, or you know, if you if you want something like that, then you have to go and do something like that. If you're trying to just sell information, I think uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Kindles—they're all different. You've got you've got your different um, devices there for starters. So how are you going to get away with? widows and 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 um and uh, orphans you know <clears throat> so you can't it, it's it's flowing text so it, it's it's never going to be perfect for, for starters so you might as well just put things out there it you can always update them to um the best formatted moby file in the future which which i'll be doing but for the time being uh, i would i i would Get, I, I would get the content out there, number one. Yep. Think about the formatting, number two. So something to start off with if someone had an idea. I mean, I have an old Twitter book sitting around if I wanted to trial it. And uh, So you create an account on Amazon. You have to create some kind of publisher account or is it a, an addition to your standard Amazon login? Um, it's, uh, it's a bit of both, I think. It's kdp.amazon.com and then you sign in with your Amazon account. Okay. And then you can upload it, put in some metadata or whatever. I guess the key point is probably a sexy cover picture or something, I guess. Yeah, there's all, sort, there's all sorts of little um, things that are important when it gets to that stage. There's the title with keywords. There's keywords that you can add to it and metadata. There's two categories you put it in. The cover, as you rightly say, the description you put the book on. So there's all those things. Yeah. Um, Marketing and, stuff. <laughs> mark, don't forget the marketing um, and the reviews, of course. In, in, as Amazon is, uh, reviews are important, and, and so things like that. The, the best thing to do is um, actually there's a very good Facebook group that I joined called Pat's First Kindle Book or something like that. I can give you the link later, yeah. and um, and just talk to other Kindlers, and and you'll get. Um, it's quite a good. Uh, it's quite a good idea to, to run your title past people, and somebody would say, "Oh, that's not very good for SEO." You know, uh, you could change it to to this, blah 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 blah, and that might be a bit better. And I've come up all my titles. I've run through this group first, and the covers as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, the, and there probably are other Facebook groups as well that would be good for that. And so some of the strategies I've read about on there, I had a friend who published actually a really nice book about meditation recently and she did it on Kindle and in real life. So that was a bit more of a tough job. She had a her partner's um, brother who's an illustrator, illustrated, so it was really a fancy, fancy book. But um, I remember her discussing, or at least I, I think it was her or someone else talking about, when you first publish, there's a certain period where you can do the push and, and give it away for free to try and get the downloads and the reviews up in order to get it kind of noticed. Is that a strategy that's used quite often? Yes. Actually, I, I tell you, you could write you could write a Kindle book on... Um, the launch strategy of a Kindle book, because uh, the, there is a very definite procedure you you go through. Um, usually, you put it out at ninety nine cents and get a few sales on the board first. Then you you can if you um, there's a little uh, technical point here. You have to put it into KDP Select, which is different to just putting it out on Kindle. And KDP Select is it needs to be only on Amazon. It can't be uh, on Barnes & Noble or Apple or Kobo or, or any of these other outlets. It has to be um, unique to Amazon. And once you put that, you have it, and if you decide to do that, put it on KDP Select, you can then put it for free for five days out of every 90. Uh-huh. And those free days... You can, you'll get. Obviously, they'll go through the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll have about thousands, uh, minimum thousand downloads, and uh, that'll get your name out there, and it'll get you on. Um, it'll get you on the sidebar in Amazon. So, if somebody has read your book, who's read another book, then Amazon might suggest your book as a result of that. So that's why free days are quite useful. Not only does it get your name out there amongst the people who've actually um, downloaded your book, it'll also get you suggested in the Amazon um, algorithm, uh, or it might do in the future after that. Yeah, I guess there's no guarantees, but, I mean, it's certainly worth trying because I did similar things on Udemy. Some people have written to me and said, oh, you've made so many sales, you must be rich. I'm like, yeah, well, if only that was true. <laughs> um, it's actually reality is quite different. Udemy, when you sign up, suggests that you promote your book heavily, oh, your book, your your course heavily for free in order to get numbers and reviews up, which I think is a standard everywhere. It's the same as the whole book dumping thing for the New York Times bestsellers. You know, they sell their books and then they go and buy them again from the shops. You know, this whole kind of thing. I mean, it's been going on for probably centuries. But, yes, yes. I mean, so when you see courses and you think, oh, my God, that person has 600 students and whatever, well, that's not the reality of the situation. So... Yeah, I mean, of course, as time goes on and you become more popular, people might start paying. But in the beginning, to get your name in many things in the world, including blogging, you have to give it away for free and, yeah, get your name out there. Okay, so that's really cool. So basically, you go onto Amazon, you try it out, you get your marketing down, you do a bit of a launch, you get free, you get people on there. Maybe you get shown in the sidebar and uh, then link to your video courses if you have that or even to your blog or to some affiliate? Are you allowed to put affiliate links in these Kindles no. as well? You're not. Um, actually, you. Uh, it's it's a grey area. You're not. You're not allowed. I wouldn't. I, I, I would. Let's you don't say, want to get kicked out of Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's say no. <laughs> let's be on the safe side. Um, 
yeah, let's just say no to that question, although the, the, there's a debate there. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've noticed recently. I have been playing around with some software tools and they block you from using, or it's actually Aweber that blocks you from using this thing for a sign-up because you need specific double opt-in and all of this sort of stuff. So, yeah, if you want to do these kinds of tricky things, I would say what I do if I want to use an affiliate link somewhere I'm not supposed to is I put a blog post in there, which is maybe a review of a product which has links in it. Um, so I'm actually linking to a very detailed discussion of a product rather than just blatantly selling a product. Yeah, I think it's always better to be on the right side of, of the law. And if, if, the, if these platforms can't keep their laws um, simple enough for everyone to understand, then that's basically not your, that's your problem, not their problem. So you, you've probably got to um, be whiter than white in the because you don't want to get chucked off the platform no it seems to be the new the new law <coughs> in the internet with uh, google and facebook and whatever and i had an ad blocked the other day i'm playing around with facebook ads and they blocked my url and there's nothing wrong with my url as far as i know from all the stuff i've read but they whoever's hand reviewing this stuff wherever that's being done in bulk by random people who don't necessarily probably know what they're doing decided that my ad was not satisfactory and they blocked it and there's no going back and asking for that to be reevaluated. it's not going to happen so <laughs> you yeah. basically have to be really careful these days because you can't ring them you can't write to them you can't plead for a re-evaluation although google does have i think some times where you can get sites re-evaluated but you don't ever want to be in that position where you've, yeah you've annoyed an amazon or a google or a facebook so yeah I mean, this is your your when you when you're on someone else's platform, you, you've basically you know you you can't be certain of anything like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, this is why you should um, concentrate a lot on your site and your list. Uh, you know, because that that those are the that's where you have the most control over your audience. Yeah. So you get you get them on your site, get them on your list. And and then you can play around with these platforms, and they're great, and they're well, you know. But we've seen it so many times before, haven't we? Um, people think they're great, and um, suddenly the rug gets pulled from underneath them. And and uh, so you know, handle with care. And you, you can't you can, you can't sell. You know, you might be making money every month from a platform, but the next month it could all go. You don't know. You know. That's why you're diversifying, right? And I was just going to touch on the last thing, which you've done there maybe you have something to add there maybe not but i'll just quickly touch on that and that's the affiliate stuff that's been doing well for you so again we've been talking about courses that are working and ebooks which are kind of piggybacking on that and then also i see in your income reports and this is again something that pat flynn does insanely well on but you know it's very hard to replicate his, his success but let's just say we can all earn a few hundred bucks possibly a month you've been doing quite well with the i think it's wpml or wml yes yes that's uh, wpml that's wordpress multilingual yeah that's um um is there any it, reason why you think that's done well <laughs> um it, it i it, i'm pretty sure it's coming from youtube and um i think i think i'm doing well with that because not a lot of people know about it, and I just think I've probably 
I, I think probably a certain amount of people are going to YouTube, keying in something like WordPress multilingual, how do I get my site in another language? They come along to my video where I show them how to do it and click the link below, which is an affiliate link to WPML, which is an excellent plugin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want your if you want to make your WordPress website multilingual, um, you can do a, a lot worse than, than get this plugin. It's not very expensive, and uh, it's you just you just set it up, and it's pretty easy. You can translate the whole of your site and uh, put up a language switcher in the in the header, and it's and, and that's it. So. Yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's a result of um, I did that job for a client once, and I've done it for a few clients now, and so I wrote about it in my blog, and um, it, you know, took took me five minutes to find whether they had an affiliate scheme or not, and sure enough, they do. So I put the link in and uh, forgot about it for a few months, and and um, then all of a sudden the checks start coming in <laughs> or the, the PayPal emails or whatever they are. Yep. And um, yeah, it's not a lot of money, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of fun, you it's, know, it's a bit, and it dribbles in and it maybe yeah. pays for your hosting or whatever. And this is what I do with most of the money that I earn. I don't really go and buy a new computer based on my new money <laughs> on the money. I go and pay my bills, you know, my buffer account and my, and my uh, Bluehost and, and whatever. But actually what you've basically done there, <clears throat> and it's interesting to hear, I've been thinking of trying something similar, is you've done, I think, one of Pat Flynn's strategies, and inadvertently it sounds like he makes most of his money from Bluehost and uh, what's the other one? I've forgotten now. But anyway, he basically makes the money off from the uh, keyword search like Market Samurai and, and so forth. And he does that through providing really detailed videos and then i was wondering how he was getting the link to the affiliate i was thinking he was getting them back to his site but if you can put links in youtube itself then obviously from that and i think that's how he does it he either does really huge long webinars or and then puts those on youtube and then links to all that stuff so basically provides huge amounts of value and then someone ends up clicking on the link so yeah i remember hearing say hearing him say once that you show Show people how to use the, the product, and that then and then that so they can see you using it, you know, and, and they see how to use it. They see, oh, look, if I buy this plugin, I can be I'll be able to do this in five or ten minutes if I just follow this video. And then you've got one link in your YouTube video description. Uh, you can put as many links as you want, but the first one will be visible underneath the video mm-hmm. in YouTube. So it's a, it's a no-brainer to click it and get the plug-in. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's how he does it for Bluehost, and, and that's how I do it for WPML. Yeah, it sounds like a good strategy because, I mean, I've been sort of pushing some products on and off over the last year and, yeah, had dribbles of money come in here and there, really nothing significant. And I find that even if I push a product with a blog post and even a video in the blog post thinking, okay, you know, I really, really, really endorse this product. I love it. I use it all the time. I want to show my love for it. And you get, I mean, I've had pretty much zero bites from these posts. I mean, I don't think I've almost had a single sale. The only sales I've ever had from anything that I've pushed has come from getting to number one on uh, Google, which is 
part luck and part planning. But yeah, and so now this other strategy seems to be actually really good. Provide useful info in a video, which maybe you're using for other purposes anyway, and then maybe if you're lucky, make some money on the side from it if it if it does well. Yeah, um, it, that's always uh, always how I've done it. I mean, it's, it it comes from uh, you know usually I've discovered how to do something well through working from a client. And then I've found out that they've got an affiliate scheme and then I've gone and, and written a blog post and done a video about it. Mm-hmm. That, that's usually how it happens. Yeah. No, I think that's a, it's a great idea for people. So I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here. We're getting towards the, uh, the 55 minute mark and uh, people will probably want to stop jogging or walking the dog or whatever they're doing and that's <laughs> and go back home no they should do it for 10 minutes more if they're jogging <laughs> <laughs> yes you haven't done enough get, get on yeah. that treadmill well, um final sprint there too, <laughs> so just to wrap up so we've got basically uh yeah udemy and uh, kindle and affiliate marketing so some great ideas for people there and i will get some links from Rob's blog and all the posts that he's written for there. We'll discuss that after the call and in some emails. And I'll put all of that in the show notes and the stuff we've been talking about, the tools we've been talking about and, uh, and all of the stuff that Rob's written on that. He's written a lot of great material on how to do all of this stuff. And uh, we'll certainly link to all of that. Um, yeah. And before we wrap up, um, Rob, anything you're working on at the moment you want to quickly talk about or anything coming up? Oh, I'm I'm doing um, uh, is it, yeah, it's no, nothing nothing interesting. I'm doing a new Udemy course and a new uh, Kindle book, and I'm desperate to get the Udemy course done because it, it's been going it's been going on for four months now, and it's just driving me mad. Do you know, it's you know, it's like when you've nearly finished something, you can never finish it quick enough, and um, and so I'm just trying to get these products out, and then then um, I maybe uh, maybe. Go on holiday or something like that. All right, and you want to do a teaser? What's what's the course, or you don't want to mention that yet? No, um, well, the co- the course is another. Um, you, you, you remember the Udemy course I did where I'm talking to the client? Aha, uh-huh, yeah, I saw that come up. I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah, you actually yeah. did one sort of uh, in in a duet with uh, with a lady, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. We don't sing, no. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's that really, for the next course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's the accumulation of, of that lady's website. So I'm building it for her live. Um, and wow. I'm just, it's just gone live. The website's got live, so I've just got to do the final few videos for that. And um, the Kindle book's about, it's something I'm, sure, I'm not too sure if it's going to work or not, but it's, it's, it's going to be aimed at people just starting out so it's going to be starting your your first new um, self-branded website so it's going to i've no idea if that's going to do well or not well with billions of people on the on the web i think there's room for everything oh yeah hopefully yeah (laughs) all right so people can find you at uh, robcubbin.com and what's your number one social media people should try and connect with you on if you have a preference um facebook or twitter i guess i mean i'll put the whole lot on in the show notes i always do that i'll grab everything from your website but just in case anyone's wanting to connect i mean i know i have my preferences for for twitter and pinterest although pinterest is not a great place to talk to people but twitter certainly is and uh yeah we'll put all that stuff in the show notes and uh yeah thanks rob we're all gonna 
run out and become uh, very lazy, sitting in banana lounge, drinking cocktails and uh, living from the non-passive passive income where you're constantly creating new courses and uh, <laughs> let's not make it as silly as it is because you do need to do some work it's not it's not simple but it certainly helps to have uh, a good base income there instead of relying on customers all the time yeah i mean it, it's have a bit of fun along the way so that's that's certainly point but um it's good fun working from home and talking to and connecting with with cool people like yourself ashley and and uh, it's, it's all good yeah um, no i love it it's it's great it's a great life i recommend it for anyone and if you're not doing it yet certainly slowly work your way towards it and uh, ask us for help connect with us and we'll yep. do everything we can to help you because we love it and we just want it to spread like wildfire so it, thanks rob and uh, have a great rest of your day and you ashley i hope to talk to you soon as well no uh, worries. i'm sure we'll have another chat about something soon there's always lots to talk about that's true. All yeah. right. Thanks, Rob. Cheers, Ashley. So there you have it, Mr. Rob Cubbon. He's a man who's certainly digging in and giving it a go, finding out lots of different ways to make some passive income. Even if he fails in the beginning, he tries again and gets it right the next time. And I certainly recommend you give it a go. Try something out. The easiest thing, I think, is potentially an ebook, because as Rob said, you can just do that from a Word document. I did some video courses that takes a bit longer bit more of an investment of time and, and a good microphone and things like that. But uh, that's also worth trying out. And if you check out Rob's income reports in the show notes below, you'll certainly see he's making a reasonable income from passive income. He's no millionaire like uh, Pat Flynn, but he's certainly making a consistent and even more each month passive income. And I think that's something we should all be aiming for, something to support ourselves in our everyday lives, whether that's your job or your work like me as web design and trying to get something as a basis, a safety net, just in case you don't get any work for the month. I think it's always great to be exploring new opportunities. You never know when something's going to go wrong, whether it's with your life or the things that's going on online. You have to always have a backup plan. So give it a go and let us know how you get on. And if you need any help, Rob and I are certainly here to help you out. And if you want to make sure that you get every episode of this show, you can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. I have those icons below the show here. And if you could leave a review if you enjoyed the show, that would certainly help me out a lot and help me reach more people. And uh, either on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be fantastic. Or just leave a comment on both of those platforms or leave a comment in the notes below on the blog. And I'll certainly uh, reply and I think Rob will too. So have a great day and see you in the next episode.